0: right,
1: uh, let's get to work. Oh, hey, what, what are you doing here? Well, come on in. Welcome to the Sandbox Podcast, a platform where we learn to lead well with other leaders. Where have you been? I've not seen you in ages. Coming to you live from the good land, it's your boy Tyler Richardson, and we are so glad you came. Today, to listen to part two of Mind Control Manipulation Series. So, basically what we're going to talk about today is the part two saga. It'll be a whole lot shorter than part one. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, baby Jesus. By the way, welcome to the baby Jesus season. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh... You survived Black Friday, I'm hoping. Uh, and, you know, we're moving forward. It's a great time. You know, go put some money in the red bucket, your local Salvation Army uh, ringler uh, bell guy. And, uh, yeah, the, the festive season is upon us. So, back to manipulation. So, what I want to talk about Uh, Today on the part two of mind control is the manipulation or manipulator factor I think a lot of times it's very easy for us to assume that the manipulator is just basically the villain He's just out he or she is just out to ruin our lives. They're out to steal our jobs, out to make sure that we don't elevate in our organization or our company. They're they're there to make sure that we don't get proper credit. They're here to make sure that I don't have a voice and I don't really say what I think, and they're just evil, 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 evil. But this is what I found out about people, you and I, because in some facet, we all do it. Uh, maybe we do it at different times or we don't realize when we're doing it, but the, the manipulator bug travels and i want to break down what i think causes that uh that manipulation to really rise up and to take root and kind of show itself in different situation and uh i call it manipulation mathematics by the way i apologize i know i sound really stopped up it's because i am and i'm trying to fix it but man it is a it's a struggle city okay so anyway <laughs> just pretend i talk like this all the time so uh back to manipulation mathematics while we're here right so This is my manipulation mathematics. It's fear plus assumption equals manipulation, okay? Again, that is fear plus assumption equals manipulation. And this is what I mean by that. It means that we're afraid of what others are going to think and what they're either going to think or what they're going to say, maybe how they're going to react. And that makes us decide we're going to take control. We're going to take control of this situation. We're going to take control of either the conversation, of of even the subconscious thoughts. We're going to do anything we can do to try and take control of those aspects because of the fear. So when we manipulate or when those people or the leaders around us manipulate us, it's not because those are evil people. It's because they're people that are afraid. Uh, and I know that, that that's sometimes kind of hard to really fully understand. But I think if we started looking at ourselves and others in that light, that we're not really being abused as much as those people are abusing themselves because they're in constant torment. They're they're running themselves ragged, trying to keep up uh, an ideal picture of themselves, an ideal picture of the people that they are leading, and the people that are leading them, they're wanting to make sure that those people above them are saying, wow, they're doing so well, they're, they're, they're. who could have ever imagined anybody could do it better? And, and since those things could all be said of them, but they want to take control, they want to make sure it's said, they want to make sure it's said about a specific event, they want to make sure it's said about a, a specific decision, they want to make sure that when the chips fall that that they are the ones that like yeah they look pretty good they made the right decision and blah, blah 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 so what do you do when you're a person that you either catch yourself that you're manipulating or if if you're being led by somebody that's being manipulative like how do you not let that just kind of run down the totem pole like how do you how do you make sure that it's not just water that just kind of flows every direction where how do you get it to stop and i think it's uh you got to get rid of something that i call the vague fog and uh, vague fog to me is basically, if you've ever been in a meeting or maybe a, a passer conversation by the water cooler or whatever, there there's a vague uh, fog that surrounds the conversation where there's maybe three people and maybe all three people kind of look at each other and the eyes are saying one thing, but the mouths are saying something else like, I want to say this, but I don't know if I'm gonna get in trouble, so I'm not really gonna say what I wanna say, or maybe a leader asks for uh, some constructive criticism about a recent decision, or hey, we're thinking about doing this, this, and this, what do y'all think? And there's a vague fog of, uh, are we really gonna say what we're gonna say, or are we just gonna kind of, kind of politic this a little bit, and just kind of get through it? And again, that fear, I really think sets a root That the manipulation comes out of and that's why it's uh fear plus assumption equals manipulation it's just it's not just fear that equals manipulation it's the assumptions that are that are brought out of that fear because i think it's you know you don't want somebody to disagree with you you know if you're like me i i hate confrontation i am the worst at it i will I most of the problems I have ever had in any professional experience is almost always attributed to the fact that I hate confrontation. Uh, I enjoy the vague fog. I enjoy the fact that none of us are really going to say something awkward right now because I don't want to deal with the awkwardness. And I'm glad that uh, you're okay that I don't tell you the truth, just like you're okay that I don't tell you the truth and, and I'm okay that I don't have to tell you the truth. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. And I think it's, and it's not that you're, you're lying to each other, but you don't say the truth the way it would be helpful like you say the truth that'll get the job done but you don't say the truth in a way that really moves us all forward kind of like what we were saying in the previous episode not just moving on but moving forward like you you don't remove the vague fog to that extent and i think that's something we really got to pay attention to because i think uh you know you it, again in our minds you have to understand where you can stay and where your mind has to leave you have to understand what you can handle and what you can't handle and I think that that's two part. I think uh, one aspect of that is you got to understand that we should all be able to adapt. You know, if somebody comes up and, and and one of the leaders around us asks us to do something, we should be able to adapt to that scenario. And if we ask somebody else to. Do something they should be able to adapt to that scenario with. if you uh, if you're a musician that travels, you got to be adaptable to different scenarios, different sound systems, different people you'll be working with different expectations and different audiences and if you're people that you know travel to help with team building, you got to be prepared that some people are more prepared than others and different budgets it, it all shakes you got to be adaptable. but I think you got what what I think where a lot of times where manipulation sneaks in, is you've got to understand where are you okay to adapt and where are you okay to live in constant adaptation? All right? when. Are you okay to adapt here, adapt here, adapt here? Because it's just kind of a momentary thing. It's not really a way of life. Or are you comfortable living in a life where you have no real rhythm and you are constantly adapting? That everybody's emergency is constantly your emergency. That you never really have any firm feet beneath you because you're constantly having to adapt to everybody else's adaptability. Uh, I've been in situations where it was constant adaptability and then I've been in situations where you almost never had to adapt. And I think. Uh, it works different for different personalities, so I think that's something we have to decide. Uh, I can you be okay adapting all the time, or you're like, you know, I used to do that, and now I'm tired. My brain's tired. My, you know, my wife wants me home. Like, there's just a lot of things. My, you know, I sing. My voice is tired. Blah blah blah. I don't want to do that anymore. I, I want to do something where I have to. I can still adapt, but I adapt less. Not necessarily adapting on your terms, but adapting to the point that you don't feel like you want to jump off a cliff. So. I think you, you, in in vague fog moments, if a statement throws you off or if somebody's look throws you off, I think what you have to do is you need to address it immediately, just like what we talked about before because that fear is already silent and is already settled and is already kind of existing. And I think what happens is is when the looks and the, the vague fog exists and that silence just continues to grow, that I think is the birthing place for real assumption. And then the assumption is where you think the worst things about the people you lead with, and because it's a vague fog, it's never addressed. It's never dealt with. It's never really brought to the surface where you can deal with it and be like, oh, no, that's, that's not what I meant to say at all, or no, I, I never wanted you to feel that way. In the vague fog, we're all safe, yet we're all very uncomfortable, and we got to find a way to really deal with that because the, you're either the, the leaders you lead around, you either appreciate them or you patronize them. And that also is from that manipulation place. It's from that place of, uh, if you're, you know, if you think you're not a manipulator, you think you appreciate everybody around you. But you gotta really open yourself up to honest critique of the people around you. And be like, do you feel like I appreciate you, or do you feel like I patronize you? When I asked you to do this task and this task, did I say it patronizing, or did I say it in an appreciative way? And you gotta pay attention to that because you you really need to make sure that you have an environment where they could be like. You know, the first three times I felt appreciated, the fourth time, it was actually kind of patronizing. Not that you go around and you live in a world of cotton candy and you're always really uber sensitive, but you do want to have a thermometer in your environment. You do want to have a thermometer of the people you lead around, because if you don't keep track, you know, it's if you're anything like me, it's like a dirty room. You're like, oh, I'll just put this towel on the floor because I'll get it later. And then you come like three days later, you're like, what the heck happened in here? That's because you just, you have to be able to have an honest environment where a vague fog honestly just isn't allowed. We're not allowed to be like, oh, well, oh, you look like you want to say something. You want to say something? No, I'm good. No, 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 no. This is an environment where we're like, no, if you have something to say, you need to say it. You don't say it out there. But the reason we need you to say it in here is not so we can battle each other at wits. We need you to say it in here because we need to remove all fog so that none of us sit in places of assuming things that are detrimental to ourselves, that are detrimental to our positions, to our value. And that's why you gotta get rid of that type of manipulation vibe. And I think again, it's it's not a it, you know, you're not useful Until you're you. You know, we've said before, like, it's not about being right, it's about being useful, but you're never gonna be useful until you are you. And until you get rid of the assuming and the fear mentality, you're not gonna be fully you because then all you're gonna be is a yes man Uh, or yes woman. Uh, Because, you know, uh, to me, a yes man is less valuable than a man that says yes. And this is what I mean by that it's because you're either gonna be used by the people who are glad that you'll never say no or you're respected by the people that you could say no to, but you still choose to say yes. Okay, I'm gonna say that again. That you're either used by the people who are glad that you will never tell them no, or you are respected by the people that know that you at any moment have every right and the ability to tell them no, but you choose to say yes. That's the difference. And I don't think you have that power among leaders and that trust and that freedom among leaders until you get rid of everything assuming. So I think in that you have to not only, like we said in part one, you have to be very dramatic in guarding your thoughts, but I think on the part two side of it, you have to be able to just have the hard conversations. You have to open uh, if you want to do it in a closed meeting, if you want to have somebody that kind of delegates, whatever it is, or it, you know, I don't know how what kind of environment you lead around, so I don't know if it's a situation that a giant staff meeting is necessarily appropriate. Probably not, but it's 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 you got to have an environment where you can say honestly that we're removing all fear and assumption because I don't want to manipulate you, and I don't want you to manipulate me, and the only reason we would find ourselves manipulating each other is because we're afraid and there's no reason why we should be leading in fear i shouldn't be afraid that i'm less valuable and i and you shouldn't be afraid that your voice doesn't count i shouldn't be afraid that little johnny over here is elevating and just got promoted and now everybody seems to really like him for two weeks and now i feel like he's gonna come for my job and listen there's probably plenty of people, and we're probably around plenty of scenarios where the people above you do not have your best interests at heart. That's just life. And that's probably not gonna change. Some people are either over the interests of themselves or your friends, and you can't really handle that. But again, two test logic. There's two tests going on. God is paying attention to the way you look at them and how your response is to them. You God is looking at when they when you feel like you're being manipulated and when you feel like you're being patronized. Do you get, do you let it set root in you where now you just follow through and now you do the exact same thing with the people that you lead? Or do you catch it and you're like, you know what? I, I'm gonna cut through the bl- uh, the vague fog here, and I'm just gonna be honest. Is I just, I'm not really cool with this. Is there a way we could probably watch the way we talk to each other? And I think that's the biggest thing. I think you gotta really watch how you talk to each other. I think just because you're in a bad mood doesn't give you an excuse to all talk to us like a trash. Just like when I come in in a bad mood, that doesn't mean I get to talk to y'all like you're trash. We have to have mutual respect for each other and understand that we all have a right to be here. We all have responsibilities that we all have to pick up and nobody uh, is immune to that and everybody's voice counts. Everybody's Everybody has a, a right to not live in constant fear that they're going to get fired or constant fear that they're going to get rejected or constant fear that everybody's out to get them. And I think We'll all be a lot better for it. Does that make sense? I know that's a little bit more on the heavy side. I try not to make these that heavy, but sometimes, you know, it just is what it is. So sit down, have the awkward conversation, even though you may not be a, a, you know, naturally a confrontation person. Even if you want to tell somebody else, maybe that can help you, you know, be the delegator and kind of, you know, walk you through your emotions down with the people you would be having an issue with. Whatever it takes, do it. Because when that vague fog is removed and you really feel like you're in a place where, you don't have to constantly impress everybody that is an awesome place to be <sighs> so keep updating you know we got a lot of changes happening sandbox uh at we zealots on all the socials and then Wezelets.com. you got that sandbox link you click that And man, I'm so excited this two-part is over because you know what? I'm ready to talk about some happier stuff. We're going to be talking about some practical things, a little section I like to call the practical gospels because as much as I like the ethereal... Wouldn't it be nice? I I, I also think, it, you know, sometimes you just gotta have some, you know, brash tap. So that's what we're gonna have for a couple episodes. I'm excited about it. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, give a rate. Do all the things you do in the podcast world. We love you and we will see you next time. And let's remember to play nice in the sand sandbox.
0: individual results may vary. When it comes to vein disease and those embarrassing painful varicose and spider veins, no one is immune. Just ask three-time beach volleyball gold medalist Misty May Trainer.
2: I was surprised to see I had vein disease. I didn't think I was old enough. I'm a working mom of three young ones and I still coach. I need my legs healthy and performing at their best.
0: That's when Misty went to Vein Clinics of America. The doctors of Vein Clinics of America specialize in the latest laser therapies and minimally invasive treatments.
2: It's like they turn back time. The veins they treated are completely gone and the procedure happened so fast
0: for over 35 years women and men have been enjoying healthy strong and youthful looking legs thanks to vein clinics of america like gold medalist misty may trainer
2: vein clinics of america work for me and they can work for you too.
0: call vein clinics of america now to see if you qualify for a free consultation most treatments are covered by insurance 800-307-4200 that's 800-307-4200 800-307-4200 individual results may vary. When it comes to vein disease and those embarrassing painful varicose and spider veins, no one is immune. Just ask three-time beach volleyball gold medalist Misty May Trainer.
2: I was surprised to see I had vein disease. I didn't think I was old enough. I'm a working mom of three young ones and I still coach. I need my legs healthy and performing at their best.
0: That's when Misty went to Vein Clinics of America. The doctors of Vein Clinics of America specialize in the latest laser therapies and minimally invasive treatments.
2: It's like they turn back time. The veins they treated are completely gone and the procedure happens so fast
0: for over 35 years women and men have been enjoying healthy strong and youthful looking legs thanks to vein clinics of america like gold medalist misty may trainer
2: vein clinics of america work for me and they can work for you too.
0: call vein clinics of america now to see if you qualify for a free consultation most treatments are covered by insurance 800-307-4200 that's 800-307-4200 800-307-4200